Hello and welcome to another installment of the CBM podcast. This week we have the privilege of hearing from Rabbi David Teller. Rabbi Teller grew up in Toronto, Canada, um, after which he studied in yeshiva at Mavaseret. He went on to Yeshiva University where he received his BA in psychology. Um, he also learned for and received his smicha at Ritz. He also has a master's in education from Israeli a master's in clinical mental health counseling from John Carroll University, and a master's in independent school leadership from Columbia Teachers College. Rabbi Teller taught at the Hamilton Hebrew Academy for four years before moving to Cleveland um, and has been at the Fuchs Mizrahi School here in Cleveland um, as a teacher, as dean of students, and now as the principal for the high school. So without further ado, please enjoy some Torah from Rabbi David Teller. Okay, Moadim Lesimcha. I really appreciate having the opportunity to share uh, a little Torah with all of you. Uh, really, at such a, a special time of the year, uh, there is uh, so much that we can focus on. We're uh, in the middle of the holiday of Sukkot, Zman Simchatenu. We have a very special Shabbat Cholamoid coming up, where we have the opportunity to read from Sefer Kohelet, Megillat Kohelet. And then Sunday nights, we jump right back into Chag season with Shemini Atzeret, uh, Simchas Torah. Uh, there's a lot going on, right? We all know there's a lot going on. I want to start there. I want to start uh, really at the end of the journey uh, and focus in, zone in a little bit uh, on the end, uh, the morning of Simchas Torah, where we seemingly interrupt the joy and simcha of the time period to read collectively in shul uh, the end of Sefer Dvarim and the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, it's interesting, I know uh, a rabbi who, uh, who used to tell me that uh, on Simcha's Torah morning, at some point he would go off to a small room somewhere in the shul and quietly to himself he would he would read the last aliyah, the last section of Vizota Brachav Sefer Dvarim, uh, and he would sit there reading the psukim, and he would cry. Uh, he would cry. Uh, for those of us who have been learning Chumash week in and week out, maybe doing Shnai Mikra, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu has been in your life for almost ten months, uh, and it can be it can be hard to say goodbye. It can be hard to say goodbye. Uh, and yet, we bedavka experience this uh, collectively together at the end uh, or towards the end of Simcha's Torah. Right? Why do we do this? Right? Why, do we, why, do we, uh, why do we end this joyous experience or, or towards the end of this joyous experience with such an emotionally challenging um, experience? Uh, but the truth is, once you start there, the questions that may have been bothering us uh, way back in Parsha Chukah, those can start, uh, kind of come, they can come back to the forefront, right? First of all, uh, why, uh, again, a question that we could ask again is why doesn't Moshe ultimately make it into the land of Israel, right? We, we know there are many Meforshim that tackle the question about what the specific chait was, what was the specific sin that may have led Moshe to not being allowed to go in, but I'm asking a different question. It's a different question. Why was Moshe's tshuva for himself 
ultimately unsuccessful. It's a little ironic and it's challenging, right? That Moshe, the great defender of the Jewish people, the one who really started the original Yom Kippur, the original Yom Kippur, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up after smashing the first Luchot and praying for the Jewish people after Egel HaZahav, with Vayomer Hashem Salachti Kidvarecha, Moshe successfully uh, pleading for and davening and defending the people, right? Moshe is the uh, is the quintessential uh, defense attorney for the Jewish people. He wins every time, and yet when he finally turns to himself and tries to daven for himself, uh, he's denied. He's denied. We read a few uh, weeks ago in Parshat Vatchanan, right? That Moshe pleaded for himself. God, let me go through. Ebrana vere, ebrana vere, ta'areta tova, yarden. Please let me cross into this good land. And yet, vaitaber Hashem bi. Rashi quoting the Sifra explains, vaitaber Hashem bi, nitmale chima. God was filled with anger at this request. Lemanchem, right? Moshe says, because of you, I'm Israel. The lo shamailai. He didn't listen to me. Vayomer Hashem Eli Ravlach. Hashem said to me, enough already. Alto save Daber Eli od Badavar Hazeh. Don't talk to me about this anymore. It's over. It's over. It's enough. So question number number one. Why was Moshe ultimately denied in all of his prayers and all of his tefillah to get into the land of Israel? A question two, maybe going a step deeper. Why does the Torah end? without our maybe expected storybook ending of Moshe entering the land, maybe even not Moshe entering the land, but the Jewish people maybe entering the land. Why does it end? Why does the Torah end with Moshe looking over, looking over on Har Nevo, right? So close, able to see the land, but not allowed to go in. Right? The truth of the matter is, Sefer Dvarim really, in a sense, mirrors the end of Sefer Breshit, really another book with an unfinished ending, right? Avram is commanded in Sefer, in Parsha, Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha, Me'artzecha, go to the land of Israel. And a few psukim later, he arrives. We think maybe the story is, is over. Uh, and yet, uh, just a few psukim later, before that first aliyah, Parsha, Lech Lecha is even done, we read that there is a famine in the land. Avram is now heading back to Mitzrayim. And really the rest of Sefer Breshit is this ongoing uh, struggle, right? Sefer Breshit ends with the Jewish people collectively in Mitzrayim, uh, and 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 davening and praying for uh, for the chance to return. Sefer Breshit again finishes unfinished. In a certain sense, both Breshit and Varim, they both conclude uh, without an ending, or or maybe said better, without at least an expected ending. And the question is why. So again, question one, why was Moshe ultimately denied uh, in his tefillot to enter the land of Israel? Number two, why does Devarim end uh, almost anticlimatically with, with us not getting in, with the Jewish people, with Moshe Rabbeinu not getting in? Uh, and really, finally, number three, which is our original question, why do we end the holiday of uh, the Sukkot Shemini Atzeret, this Zman Simchatenu, why do we end this section? Really, actually, you can say this entire period of Chagei Tishrei, all the way back from Rosh Hashanah. Why do we? Why do we get to this point, this bittersweet moment of publicly reading about Moshe's passing uh, before just right again starting up again with Sefer Breshi? Why do we do this? Why do we do this?
So an insight uh, may be found in a challenging section of Sefer Kohelet that we're going to read this Shabbat. Kohelet is a series of reflections of Shlomo HaMelech, Shlomo HaMelech who seemingly had it all. Uh, and yet, looking at his life, he sees it all as Hevel Havalim. Again and again, it's all emptiness. It's all worthless. It's all meaningless. The money I have, the possessions, the clothing, even love, all of it is Hevel, right? All of it is vanity. What is uh, striking though, is that Shlomo includes Chochmah. Shlomo includes wisdom uh, on that list as well. If you get to the, towards the end of the first parak of Kohelet, there is a pasuk, he who increases Chochmah, increases Tsar, increases pain. We increase Chochmah, we increase pain. But again, isn't Chochmah wisdom one of our highest uh, values? Maybe I get it with some of these physical constructs uh, that Shlomo refers to. That's Hevel Havali, but Chochmah? What, what, what's the challenge of, of wisdom? What's the problem with wisdom, of Chochmah? So Rabbi Lam, uh, in a drasha he gave um, many years ago, quotes the uh, Targum on Kohelet, the Aramaic translation. And he explains that the key here is that when Shlomo is talking about wisdom, he's not talking about ordinary wisdom, but he's talking about Ruach Nevuah. He's talking about prophecy. That when we look almost too far in the future, when we start asking questions about the end and the purpose of it all, uh, we can actually get a little despondent and we can get a little hopeless. We can get a little hopeless. A person can ask themselves, right? Uh, what's gonna be in 200 years? What, what, are, what are people, how will people remember me 200 years from now? Is there gonna be anyone that even remembers my name? Are they gonna remember anything that I did? Anything that I, that I stood for? And maybe not even the world as a whole, but what about my own kids, my own family, my children's 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 children? By the time we get to four generations from me, is anyone gonna even know who I was? outside of maybe even my name, if that much. When we look at life from the perspective of eternity, we can see it all as Hevel Havalim. We can see it as completely, uh, is completely meaningless. When I think about my life in the grand scheme of things, I can easily think uh, that it's all pointless, that my life is somewhat insignificant, and therefore the conclusion I can get to is therefore why bother? Why bother? The Torah's answer to this really uh, almost haunting existential question uh, really begins with my ability to move my perspective, to shift my perspective from the sight lines of the far distant future, at least exclusively from the far distant future, and instead to focus in on the value and the vision of my present action and my more immediate future. It's about recognizing that even though I may not be able to accomplish everything I set my eyes on, even though I don't know what's going to be down the line, that I'm secure in my knowledge of what my task is right now, that I know that I have the ability to impact lives right now in front of me, 
that individuals both consciously and subconsciously will be influenced by the way I treat them and that that very well may impact how they then treat those around them. The message of Kohelet, in a sense, is recognizing the value of the present and the impact of our actions, even those that we are maybe unaware of, on the future. With this in mind, this can possibly help us understand our questions earlier. In a uh, series of articles in his collection of Divrei Torah on Sefer Dvarim, Rabbi Sachs again and again brings up uh, this, these uh, vignettes of the end of Moshe's life. Um, and, and like Kohelet, really uh, expl- explains that this gets to some of the way that Judaism tackles some of the most difficult existential questions that we ask of ourselves. But what's the purpose of it all, right? What's, what's going to be with all of my uh, accomplishments, with all of my successes, uh, with the good that I did? But possibly even more challenging, what about all of the failures? What about all of my hopes and dreams that I uh, never actualized? What about the plans that didn't work out and all of the successes that never came? To that, the Torah answers uh, with the end of the life of Moshe Rabbeinu. That each of us has a Jordan, each of us has a Yardane that we will not cross. That we will not cross. Each of us strives to the best of our abilities for 120 years to to walk humbly with God, to live God's will, uh, and to bring as much goodness and comfort and hope and simcha into other people's lives. But we recognize at the same time that none of us, none of us have the ability to accomplish it all. That we go through our lives carrying our torch, relying on and believing that uh, those we impacted will continue what we started, that they will move the Jewish journey, the Jewish story forward. In short, the Torah ends with Moshe not making it into Eretz Yisrael, Bidavka. The Torah ends with him not making it there, with the Jewish people not making it there, with the story somewhat incomplete, to almost etch into our minds as we read these final psukim, that lo alecham l'chaligmor, as Pirkei Avot famously says, that it's not on you to finish it all. It's not on you to finish it all. No one can finish it all. But lo ata ben chorin litbatel mimena. You can't take your foot off the gas. You have to live your way in such a way that it's a bracha, a bracha to yourself, to Hashem, and to those around you. As Rabbi Sachs concludes, Life is the opportunity to serve. The rest is commentary. Go and do. Go and heal. Go and be a blessing. Uh, all of us, as we, really for all of us, as we leave this uh, period of Chagim, uh, let's focus on the power of the present. Uh, and as well, let's focus on our ability to impact the immediate future. Let's appreciate the process. Let's appreciate the journey. Uh, and let's all collectively do our best to be agents of hope to all those around us. Chag Kasher V'Sameach.